Ash Olaf. Hi guys, welcome back to the film series from the symposium. Um, today we're discussing two films and we're going to compare and contrast them. Um, one of them is Heat and the other one is Miami Vice. Um, I'm happy to be joined again by Jay, James and Gaurav. Um, and also this time Arjun for the first time on a film pod. Um, Arjun, how are you doing? Yeah, hi, I'm good, thanks. It's a pleasure to be on this film pod for the first time. I think I put off being on it for the first couple of episodes. But yeah, delighted to finally make my debut. Yeah, it's good. I mean, what kind of stuff have you been watching? What kind of films do you like? Just uh, in case the listeners haven't heard you. And obviously they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have heard anything about your film taste so far. So Yeah, I think I, I feel like I have a, an above normal um, taste of films. But also at the same time, it's quite a normie taste. So I think if I were to give you my top five films, I would give you Whiplash, There Will Be Blood. City of God, Taxi Driver, and Shutter Island. And yeah, I feel like that, that sort of sums up my face in films. I feel like I'm quite I'm fairly highbrow, but also quite normal at the same time. I've got a bit of an oxymoron there. No, I think, yeah. I, can defi- I, think I, I can definitely relate, because I'm like less highbrow than Jay and James, but I'm less normie than like the average bloke, I'd say. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm in that kind of similar region. So I do relate. Um, just initially, I mean, had you seen either of these films before? Um, no, I hadn't. Um, Heat has been on my watch list for quite some time. So I was finally um, able to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jay, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Um, I'd seen both these films before. Um, yeah. Heat quite quite a while ago. Uh, Miami Vice a couple of months ago with James. Right um but yeah i've watched some other no no carry on yeah but i have watched some other stuff this week um i just actually wanted to quickly talk about southland tales which i watched um a couple of days ago so it's the second film i believe by the director of donnie darko um so obviously i'm sure most of you have seen donnie darko it's he's kind of what's his name james richard kelly Richard Kelly, that's it. Um, so he's kind of got a rep as being the guy who made one great film and then dropped off the radar, which I think is hilarious because Donnie Darko is not a great film. It's shocking. Um, <laughs> it's like pseudo, pseudo-intellectual rubbish. But I watched Southland Tales because it's probably one of the most polarising films out there. If you look at it on Letterboxd, it's got as many five-star ratings as it's got one star. Um, it's like an ap- Yeah, it's like an absolutely mental film. It is completely nuts. There are like scenes of like automobiles having sex they've got justin timberlake lip-syncing you've got like nuclear bombs weird like weird sci-fi stuff going on it's absolutely mental it's a really good fun film to watch i would highly recommend it um i think it's significantly better than donnie darko i think it's actually close to being kind of a masterpiece um so that's kind of probably been my highlight of the week from what i've seen fair gorab how are you I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. In in relation to uh, Heat and Miami Vice, I've seen Heat before. Uh, this, so this is my second time watching Heat and Miami Vice. I've never seen before at all. Yeah, in terms that's of same. that's the same for me. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of what I've been watching this week, I've been kind of on a a classic war film binge. So I okay. watched uh, Paths of Glory, The Thin Red Line, and The Bridge on the River Kwai. Classic. Yeah, some some classics in there. Um, I think probably most notably, I thought the bridge on the River Kwai was vastly overrated. It was a pretty, it's it's good, but it's you know it's it's pretty average film. I think all around, it doesn't it doesn't really hold up all that well. Alec Guinness, etc. Yeah, Alec Guinness is in that. Yeah, I don't think it don't think it held up all that well. On contrast to Parts of Glory, which is from the same year, which I think holds up exceptionally well in comparison. Yeah, interesting. Um, James, how are you? What have you watched um, this week that's of interest? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I guess in relation to Heat Miami Vice, I'd seen both a couple of times. Um, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima this week, so I, the only film I actually watched was Bullet Ballet by Shinya Tsukamoto, um, which is just sort of this aggro, uh, like, art noir from the 90s. It's all right. Um, it wasn't as good as I was expecting, but uh, if you're into Tsukamoto, it was, it was fine. Okay, no, fair enough. Um, I guess let's just go go straight into it then. Um, Jay, what did you make about uh, both of these films overall in a very kind of surface surface glance? 
Um, it's hard to say. Um, Heat I watched a couple of years ago for the first time. I probably let's say I watched it when I was fourteen. That might that might just be me picking out an arbitrary age. Um, I didn't really remember it, but I think to be honest, I think the reason I didn't remember it was because I obviously wasn't paying attention. Because I've got to say, it's a very memorable film. It's one of those films for me that feels kind of iconic while you're watching it. Um, I think it's a. I do genuinely believe it's an absolutely fantastic film. I think. I was very close to giving it five stars. Um, I probably could even jump it, bump it up to that. Um, I think it's probably, I actually probably say it's the best 90s gangster film I've seen. That's including Goodfellas. I think it's, I actually do think it's a better film. Um, I think it, one of those films that with maybe a couple of exceptions, uh, the exception of a few scenes, I think if it had been come out like last week, I probably wouldn't have noticed. Um, and I think it's a really, really fantastic thriller. Miami Vice, um, God, I kind of feel like Miami Vice is, I gave it a three star, but I kind of feel like it's almost both a one star and a five star film, um, if that makes any sense, because it's, in some areas, I think it's awful, but in another sense, I think it's kind of a work of genius, because it's just such a bold, huge film that's you know, there's no film out there that's kind of made in the same way as Miami Vice. It's clearly just a big experimental film that kind of throws its um, plot and kind of dialogue to the side and focuses on visuals, and that it does very well. Um, I think I kind of get what Michael Mann's doing in this film. I just don't necessarily think it resonates with me on a personal level in the same way as Heat, um, which I think is kind of more of an immediate film, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Gaurav, what were your thoughts? Um, I I agreed I agree with a lot of what Jay was saying, but I do hesitate to call Heat a, a gangster film. I would instead call it it's probably the best action thriller blockbuster film of the '90s that you could possibly watch. It is at its at its core, it's it's really it's really just an action blockbuster thriller film with these two, you know, insane actors at the height of their career. But but Michael Mann does does elevate it above that level to to just be an excellent film all around um i do think it's not perfect i i wouldn't give it five i wouldn't give it five stars i gave it 4.5 i do think it has some flaws that i'm sure we'll we'll get into in due course and onto miami vice um i hesitate to call it a film with that's one star and five star at the same time but I, i get where that's coming from because basically everything in that film i thought was shit except the visuals (laughs) <laughs> and the visuals of the film being so unique there is no other film i've seen that looks anything like it uh the best way to characterize it would be instead of directors using digital cameras as a cheaper more accessible version of film michael mann just goes all out in the direction of what makes digital look different to film and he just he just blows that section up as much as he possibly can and it looks crazy for it it looks really aesthetically good because of it but then everything else happening in the film I was just I just don't care about like at all yeah I mean I, I um, agree that in although I, I found the film to be visually appealing I struggled to get fully immersed or engaged in what was going on maybe that's just me with my infantile understanding of film I'm not sure <laughs> but but I um, failed to fully appreciate perhaps the the patrician nature of the film and I'm sure James will engage in in his in his answer Arjun how did you find both of the films I'm of the same opinion as Gaurav in that I wouldn't really classify um, Heat as a gangster film. I, I viewed it more as sort of a heist film um, mm. and just a pure like tete-a-tete film between De Niro and Pacino rather than having the typical uh, gangster elements that we associate with 90s films such as Goodfellas. Um, I enjoyed the film. I, I finished watching it today, which highlights my sort of idiosyncratic ways of watching films. I don't watch them all in one go. I spread them out over a day or two. Um, in watching them over a few periods, but that's to be discussed another time. I really did enjoy Heat. I thought it was it was a really good action film. Um, it kept me in. I was invested in the film for the whole time, um, and yeah, it was very enjoyable. Comparing it with Miami Vice, I thought that Miami Vice was very flashy, had lots of action, and as has been pointed out before, it was it's a very gorgeous film. Like it's very fun to watch, but. I found it lacking substance. I didn't. I didn't really care about the plot or the characters at all. Whereas with Heath, I was invested in the um, in the story or, um, and 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 of the characters. And I, I just really didn't enjoy Miami Vice. And I do understand 
the perspective that it can it's both an excellent film in terms of what it looks like and in terms of cinematography but also terrible in terms of plot and characters and any any sort of emotional attachment that you get when watching the film i think i'd, I'd overall agree with with your assessment and james um same question to you what were your kind of surface impressions of both films um yeah i mean uh, we seem to have gotten to a strange cul-de-sac about genre and subgenres and all that kind of shit. Let's just call it all a fucking crime film. Who gives a fuck? Gangster film, heist film. It's all just a crime film. Uh, I think it's the best crime film of the 90s for sure. Um, I think both of these films are really, in many ways, the same film. They're the sides, you know, two sides of the same coin. One's just set in a more localized 90s on film and one's set in a more globalized 2006 um, on digital, but they're both trying to get at the heart of the same thing, which is the inability of you know people who devote their entire lives to a, a particular profession, be it you know whatever it is, the inability of them to consequently live uh, you know a normal life, or the inability of them to interact with other people, to love, to make friends, to actually live beyond their jobs. And I think in Heat, he takes a much more conventional perspective on this. And a lot of the dialogue is about this. And therefore, it's a much more um, accessible film. Um, and in many ways, it's, it's a more stylish film. Whereas in Mami Vice, I don't know who he managed to trick at Universal to give him like millions of pounds to make this movie. And I was like, it's <laughs> I mean, I rate, No, I rate film. it. I rate it because he must have um, pitched it in a very you know attractive yeah. way. The way that he's approached it is instead of taking the very dialogue focused, the dialogue and heat is incredible, by the way, I love the dialogue, but instead of taking that very dialogue focused thing, he's basically gone for, for you know, silence. I mean, none of the people in, the, in this movie are real people. They're just ghosts. They're just shells of people. Um, and he sort of uses the scenery to convey their, their inner emotional states as opposed to them themselves. But it's not necessarily because they're bad characters. It's because they're absolutely crippled by their by their jobs and by their commitment to their jobs. It's because they are unable to engage with people with each other on a normal level. Um, but then, but then, does does the um, just devil's advocate? So their inability to engage with other people within the story um, is that mistakenly conveyed through an inability to convey with the audience? Because those should be two different things. I.e. the idea that the conveying that the uh, characters are unable to engage with others within the story surely should not come at the expense of their engagement with the audience because surely there well, the audience will be more the audience will be more invested in that yeah. in that in that almost um, in, a, in that almost crippling so crippling lack of social interaction if they are more invested in the characters themselves yeah. well i mean that's that's where the, the look of the film the soundscape comes in because that's trying you know that's trying to convey the inner emotional landscape of the characters which they themselves do not personally convey right um, okay. i think the ending as well you know if you look at the ending and you look into i think colin farrell gives a great performance in this you look at his face at the ending it's, it's really sad you know he's he's just crap he's no he's just a shell of a person it's sad Okay. He's um, got a cool mustache. Right. I mean, Jay, 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 I can tell that you're like really chopping at the bit to come in here. So. No, Jay. No. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of with Ashwin on this in the sense of I get what's going on. I, I completely understand what you're saying, James, about this whole like they are shell of characters. But it's just, it's for me, it one of those things where I kind of get what he's doing but I kind of just at the same time I just do not like watching this film I just doesn't do it for me it doesn't interest me in any way um I think I was actually just watching sorry um so I was just watching um a film called Thief which is also directed by Michael Mann it's his uh debut film and in that there was some there's a really really fantastic again I would really recommend watching this I think it's actually better than either of these two films but he makes this one of the characters played by James Carr makes this point about how essentially to survive in this kind of world as you know a gangster you have to almost become so devoid of caring what happens to you you have to be completely indifferent and attached detached from the world and I guess that's when I was when he kind of said that I was like right that's what he was trying to do in Miami Vice there's this whole um there's this whole um detachment from the world which is obviously where the characters are going it's just something that I don't necessarily think makes the film great I think for me what stands out is it just looks visually fantastic, but I don't necessarily get this idea that, you know, the beautiful Miami sunsets are anything to do with, um, have anything to do with the film or with the characters. I don't feel like it's even a substitute. It just to me feels like he's showing off what he can do with a digital camera or how big his budget is. I completely agree with Ashwin, to be honest. I get the idea that 
these guys are shells of people and that's the point of the film but the them being shells of people is absolutely at the expense of the audience's enjoyment of the film that i i watching colin farrell being a shell of a person has a has a meaning in that sense but it's just not interesting at all to watch this guy stomp around and is like wildly swinging his arms all over the place manner with his mustache sticking out with his shitty dialogue and having no emotional engagement or attachment to, like anyone at all in the film and it's just I don't know. How, how can you not be amused he's riding a fucking speedboat <laughs> and there's music yeah. How dude, can that, you that's, not be that, dude, that's the perfect example of what I think about this film. That speedboat scene perfectly encapsulates the film because it's it's oh, it's fantastic shot. It's fantastic shot. It's just in the speedboat and it looks cool. And all it is is Michael Mann had like three million pounds to shoot one speedboat scene, and he said, "All right, let's get six boats, twenty different angles. I want three planes flying overhead, and six dolly shot zoom-ins all over the place." And he edits it all together and puts some nice music in the background, and it looks really cool. But I don't care about either of the characters in the speedboat, what they're doing, where they're going, what the plot is, or anything at all. It just looks okay. really cool. I mean, okay, I um, as a devil's advocate to you, Gorav, could I not say, um. The filmmaker is trying to is presenting us with mere shells of characters when he could have given us more conventional characterization, as in Heat, because he wants to show through their inability to interact with the audience, their inability to interact with other with other members of the story. But then you, you could argue, as as James said, these are two sides of the same coin, right? In in Heat, De Niro and Al Pacino are, are both also shells of human beings. They can't interact or form relations properly at all, and and you see that transpire as both both their relationships break down across the film and, and that is the way in which you can get across that uh, emotional emptiness of humans while engaging with the audience and in miami vice it loses that engagement with the audience it, it loses that you know entertainment in watching al pacino's marriage with his third wife just break down slowly over the course of the film <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really it really boils down to Heat being an action film and Miami Vice being an experimental film dressed up as an action film. That's what it boils down to. I mean, but I feel like at the same time, like he, you could really, I mean, Michael Mann said as much himself that he isn't even an action film; it's a drama film. Um, All action films are drama films. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he says that like, he doesn't want it to be viewed as a genre film. He wants it to be viewed as a drama film, where the central thing is the conflict between. The, the kind of the emotional conflict between the two characters and what's going on around there and i think that's what makes that film interesting this kind of you know the relationship between de niro and al pacino even though they're barely seen together in this at the same time in the film whereas i think kind of my issue with miami vice is that i just there's nothing really carrying it for me in terms of you know there's no stakes for any of the characters nothing that they do is interesting to me there's no point where i'm kind of like i really give a shit whether they live or die <laughs> you know i don't I don't really care if, um, like, whatever her name is, that Asian woman gets shot in the face or something. I just hey, don't... hey, hey. Jay's just a sadist. He just wants yeah. to watch people fucking burn. Hang on, hang on, hang on, right. Um, Arjun, you haven't yeah. said much about about, about Miami Vice. <laughs> and right. I, want, I want to bring yeah. you in just because, just because, I mean, do you have something, I mean, do you have a kind of different perspective? Because obviously you said to me in private before the podcast that... Or at least you even said in you said in the group chat for this pod actually that you you know kind of don't understand the point of it or you disagreed with James on you know its kind of um, lofty ambitions. But what did you actually take from the film? Did you take anything at all? Um, you know, what, what, how did you I interpret mean, it for yourself? I took that I sort of wasted a couple of hours of my life to be honest. Like, <laughs> really? I just, there wasn't any development. Nothing actually happened, as Joe has pointed out. He did. I, I don't. I don't care about the fate of any of the characters. There were no stakes involved. I didn't feel any sort of attachment to the characters. There were definitely people in the movie, but they weren't really characters. They were just sort of there. I didn't care about Colin Fowles' character's relationship with um, Isabella. I think her name Nor was. Did I. Yeah. I, I mean, and there, there was like there was like a, a, a sort of romantic um, thing hinted at between Jamie Foxx's character and Naomi ha- Naomi Harris's character, but that just didn't develop. I mean, she gets shot. He visits her in the hospital. Like They're literally minutes. fucking married. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, that Wait, doesn't mean they? anything. No, but but, but James, <laughs> they were married? James, James, the premise of being married. Oh, they were fucking. Just, I mean, the premise, <laughs> the premise of being <laughs> together does not at all, you know, matter if if you don't see anything or the characters aren't characterized to make you. No, no. no as it, it was my my reaction was more to the comment. There's some there's some sort of romantic thing going on between. <laughs> yeah, fine, right, fair okay. enough. Yeah, fine. Fair enough. 
A quick Fair question, enough. Jay, just because I know what Jay's seen more than other people. Jay, two movies jump to mind. First is uh, Under the Silver Lake. Second is Burning. I know you like both of these movies. In both of these movies, you do not give a flying fuck about a single one of the protagonists. But no, why are but... They... You don't care. You, in fact, you want them to get shot in the face. Um, that's a good point. Uh, I think the issue is Burning for me, though, is a more, it's more kind of an engagingly made film. I think it's got this kind of slower pace that kind of draws you into the atmosphere of the film. Whereas, I mean, one of the things I actually think is brilliant about Miami Vice is the opening scene, because it just, I think it almost exemplifies kind of what the film is in the sense that it just throws you in there. It's like a very strong kind of example of a cold opening. You're kind of chucked into this nightclub scene where you have no idea what the fuck is going on. There are like, you're kind of like doing something, but you don't really, there's some drug deal, I think they're busting or something, but you don't really know what's happening because no one ever tells you. Like, I think that's kind of a common theme throughout the film. There's no exposition. It's just kind of chucking you in in the deep end and it's kind of leaving it to figure out for yourself, which normally I like, but for some reason here, I find that, I find that kind of towards like an hour into the film, I kind of just stop caring about what's happening and I just instead turn my focus onto the visuals. Maybe that's my issue and not the films, but... Okay, it doesn't I, really engage my attention. Okay, I, th- I think that's a very... I think overall, that's a good point, Jay. Um, I think, Gaurav, what I want to ask you, because you spoke very eloquently last time about um, what makes a film and comparing films with TV and other mediums. Mm. Um, and we spoke about what, what Martin Scorsese said, and he basically said that, um, you know, average stuff or stuff that's just... Oh, no, not even what Martin Scorsese said, just what we, the, dif- the way we differentiated the film from TV was that TV, you know, trots out stuff that, you know, is pretty bang average just to, like, keep you watching adverts versus a film which perhaps aspires to be more because you have to pay for entry. What I kind of, I think a fair way of interpreting Miami Heat is something which has a lot of style but no substance, (laughs) i.e. Miami Vice. Sorry, Miami Vice. um, It has, it has, on the outside, it has some um, instinctively attractive visuals. Once you dig deeper into actually whatever the film in terms of what it's saying on the characterization or anything that you actually take from a film when you normally judge it, there's not really much there. Mm. Um, I mean, would you agree? I in the no, sense I, that I, it, it, I mean, in the sense that it seems to have, um, and the, the reason why I'm connected to the previous pod in that it seems to have some kind of unique or special, almost art house like no, um, visuals. But then if you strip those back, it's the average, you know, trotted out film that we see like. 10, 15 times yeah. a year that just so it, trotted out. That I disagree with. Disagree, but Gora first. You tear off the visuals and you, and you get what is essentially, you know, bog standard, the, just nothing. The, um, what I was going to say, J- James is right a lot when he says this is a very experimental film. Mike, you can tell Michael Mann, you really tried to do something different that no one else has done before. And I, I guess in that, he, he very much succeeded. But you are right that if you take away the visuals, this plot is an utter fucking mess it's unbelievably bad like the amount of just errors and just situations when it's just fucking weird and no one knows what's going on and you don't care about anything at all no one dies like no one dies no <laughs> one is what, even close this, this no one's even close becoming to incoherent what are we talking about ashwin comes in he's like this movie has no ashwin comes in this movie has no substance then you start talking about fucking like the plot doesn't make any sense that's not the same thing. Okay, we, we literally just, what we just talked about, it seemed to be that the conclusion, aside from me, because I disagree, the conclusion seemed to be that all this movie had was nice visuals and yeah. like a thesis. And the thing that wasn't there was the entertainment. Then you fucking turn around and say, all this movie has is entertainment. It's all style, no substance. <laughs> if anything, all it is is substance. No, there's well, no, no, there's no the, entertainment no, at by all. Style, just, by style, style, I do mean, by style, I mean, it has... Look, initially on first impressions it has a facade of just look, you know instinctively good visuals but if you actually it has tear nothing any less message, to say than heat it has nothing less to say than heat because it's the true. same message that's true so, but then heat I, is entertaining to watch so 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 okay i'm not i'm directing this more at ashwin so if that's the distinction then the whole television t- film distinction is just just falls apart you see, mm-hmm. it's not relevant. Okay, no, fair enough. If no, the only difference is one is entertaining, then surely it's more like TV because it's entertaining. So to be honest, I'm kind of going more towards James on this sense, but I kind of just want to actually bring up another film. This is kind of more now directed at James because I know you've seen this film. In fact, we watched Miami Vice and the film I'm about to mention back to back, which is Spring Breakers, which was um, Harmony Korean has openly said that he was inspired by watching Miami Vice to create 
Spring Breakers because it's a film about basically a bunch of girls going to Hollywood to Florida for spring break and getting involved in like drugs and crime and shit and just shooting the place up and the whole film is you know the characters are complete fucking empty shells they're just you know nothing but the film looks great um it's got these stunning Florida visuals it's got kind of the same kind of lighting qualities and everything but at the same time I feel like the emptiness of that film is you know it's almost like a broader comment on kind of the emptiness of kind of America as a whole and kind of a commentary on like this kind of vapidness of like the party lifestyle and the spring break and it's kind of like turns into kind of almost savage commentary on like the American way of doing things and I think that Harmony even though he was inspired by Miami Vice I think he took kind of the visual ideas I think was what man was trying to communicate and I think he did it more effectively in that film and I think that's more, it's kind of my issue with Miami Vice is I kind of get what he's trying to do. I just don't necessarily think it was done as well as you did. Um, I get that there are definitely similarities between the two films, but I mean, the fact is that the core message is different. Yeah, but of course. The, 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 the genius thing that I think Spring Breakers does is that it's like a, it's like a funny games type thing. It's like a, if you pay to watch this film, you are the butt of the joke. Like, it's a dunk on its audience more so than anything else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I guess I have nothing to add. I, I think both of those films are, like, incredible films. So, you know, I, mean, um, I have Arjun, nothing to say. Arjun, what are your thoughts on the initial comparison raised by James that um, Miami Vice and Heat are essentially saying um, the same thing but just in different ways and that Heat does it in a far more conventional way um, through, you know, more, more ordinary characterization, but Miami Vice does it through perhaps shells of characters who are who are characterized by the sound and visuals around them. Um, I guess I agree, but I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I agree to that extent. But I, I personally don't want the characters in, in films I watch to be empty right from the get-go. I, I want them to develop slightly, if that makes sense. I don't know if it does, but I think the the thing with Miami Vice is that you you basically introduce these characters and they have no sort of interesting qualities to them at all they're just they're just people really they're, they're not really developed at all whereas in heat you sort of you you yeah, stuff happens where you can sort of see why they are how the, why they are how they are if that makes sense yeah i don't know but no i mean i mean i i think there's, uh, there's no, there's no real exposition to them yeah yeah i know i think that's fair. i mean gorav you um you um have watched films and you you like some films that have non-linear plots or are unconventional in other sense in the way that they characterize um characters or members of the story um so what do you make of the comparison and and as in can you identify why you perhaps like miami vice less than heat when as james says when as james says you know um the themes are very similar i i think um no definitely i I think actually I, i think i slightly disagree with a, a lot of the, the some of the slight consensus on Miami Vice, I, so when when Jay said a while back that the opening scene of Miami Vice is excellent, um, I completely agree. I, I in my head, if the entire film was like the opening scene where it's very stylized and you don't know what's going on and it's just kind of cool shit happening around with these characters, it it would have been it it would have been better at getting its message across. Whereas the Miami Vice you actually got was it, it's actually a very plot heavy film. I disagree that there's no exposition. I think there's a lot of exposition in this film, and I, I didn't have any trouble following the plot. I, I can no, it was very easy to follow. It was just completely terrible, and all the characters. When you say way, terrible, when you say terrible, can you explain? Oh yeah, I'll give you an example. You like like um, when Arjun said he, he likes to see his characters develop over time, right? Isabella as a character, she's introduced. She's this strong businesswoman type, and she develops this relationship with Colin Farrell's character. And then by the end of the film, she just devolved into the most basic action movie damsel in distress girl you've ever seen, just screaming and crying all over the place. And by the end, she's she's just nothing, you know. So, so was it, so was your problem the kind of cliche? Um... Well, it's not even really the cliche. It's that she she started off with some semblance of a character that a man gave her, and by the end, she he just forgot about her. It was like, yeah, just just make her like, oh yeah, just make her like the cry the crown peace damsel in distress of this climactic shootout and it, that it just didn't really work it was just she's just no reason to be there at all and then Yero, Yero it's literally explained why she's there okay okay i know why she's there in the plot but you know, you know what i mean like they, they gave her a character they gave her ideas they gave her a semblance in the plot and over time she just 
devolves into just being a basic, normal, average Michael Bay blockbuster damsel in distress by the end. I mean, that's just one example. That's quite like, harsh, obviously. There's there's quite a lot of other like plot issues which just the plot just kind of falls apart. It doesn't make sense. Like it's not like just... the female characters in Heat are any better. Okay. Really? I mean, um, I mean, okay, I disagree. James. James um, so it's, it's the same plot arc. I mean, yeah, but, but, no, wait, wait, listen, James. Um, so so Gorav says there that the issue and Arjun as well. I've said that the issue is, um, the the characters don't really go anywhere. They have no arcs. They um are even in Gorav's case, he said that they are less than they what they were at the start. Um, I mean, why yeah. do you think what? Why do you think? Do you think that's a fair criticism? Firstly, and secondly, why do you, do you think that's a problem? Because obviously there are a lot of films which don't have conventional character arcs, which are you know very good films, and um. Why do you think people kind of like to see that kind of conventional character arc that they can perhaps empathize with? I mean, firstly, there are loads of films which are, it's so annoying that now they're coming to mind because it's right in the spot, but there's loads of films whereby the characters are exactly the same or worse off than they were at the start. I mean, even we were just talking about it a second ago, it might not be the world's best example, but Under the Silver Lake is like that. Or even something like uh, In the Mood for Love, it's not like the characters are better off at the end, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you mean? So I don't better. No, but do you mean better? Yeah, yeah. Because because Gorab, I mean they're in exactly the same position. Gorab doesn't mean. No, I don't. Off. I don't mean. He that doesn't at mean all. better off. Better off in the plot. He means better characterized. Yes. As in, as in Isabella started with something interesting and provocative, but she just became a kind of yes, cliche exactly or or, I mean, or, pla- or place filler in the plot. She didn't, she didn't start as as something interesting or provocative though. She started as something you don't know who she is. Then you find out that she's working with this guy, and this guy basically owns her. That's what you find out. I mean, it's just, it is it is what it is. Like, if you look at something like Heat, uh, Robert De Niro just picks up this, like, oh, I'm a graphic designer. Oh, yeah. come live <laughs> in my apartment. That's and the then she's part. like, yeah. and then she's, and then he's like, come to New Zealand with me. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, oh, you rob banks? Oh, shit, <laughs> I don't like that. And he's like, come with me. And she's like, okay. Like, oh, she really changed so much during the fucking movie. No, she yeah, didn't. Yeah, I was talking more about Al Pacino's wife as in terms of a female characterization. What's Al Pacino's wife? The entire film, she's just a bitch, and then at the end, she's crying because her daughter's fucking slit her wrist. She gets, she what gets, is the point? She gets <laughs> lovely and more interestingly bitchy as the film goes on. That's interesting. She's literally PA the entire film until her daughter <laughs> tries to kill herself. That, that's interesting. But I, um, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel... I thought the, the Miami Vice, there's just... It, it was just so... It, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how to characterize it. Okay. Film. I get what you're saying. There's plenty of films. Can there. I ask a broader question to yeah. Jay? Um, so, yeah. Jay, Jay, you um, maybe not don't agree with, with um, Gaurav's criticism and Arjun's criticism of Miami Vice. Um, uh, maybe, you're close to, maybe you're close to James' opinion. But maybe a broader question is, why do you think they feel like that? In that what is it that attracts people about a film like Heat that doesn't attract them about a film like Miami Vice? And obviously, that's a very broad question. It addresses, you know, quite quite different strains in filmmaking. But yeah, what are your thoughts? It's kind of a hard one, but I always feel like what we were kind of when we went into a little digression about um, Spring Breakers, where James kind of said that you know whoever buys the ticket loses. To an extent, I almost like feel that vibe with kind of Miami Vice, where the film is, you know, it's based on this TV show from the eighties, which is kind of known for being quite campy like a very like a buddy cop film with like we have like grenades and shit and like you know slightly crazy action scenes and you're not getting that here at all you're getting this like strange experimental film which is so different from what you go in to expect and obviously heat i mean at the end of it it's quite a conventional film in the sense of it's just it is a fairly standard you know that's we were talking about kind of the uses as a genre but you know it's a fairly standard the guy has his last job. He falls in love with a woman, but oh my god, there's all these complications. But then, why is it? it just, why is it? Why is it one of the best action films of the nineties? But it just happens to do that plot very, very well. It's engaging. It's thrilling. It kind of does. It ticks all the boxes. It gives you what you want. You get these emotional moments. You get, you know, the exciting heist scene that's done brilliantly. That's basically, you know, it's the it's the kind of the scene that Christopher Nolan has been trying to make his entire bloody career. Um, Miami Vice is, it's different. I'm not saying it's necessarily worse. It's something I don't like as much. It's more of an experimental film. It's far less conventional. There's a lot less kind of, you know, audience uh, expectation filling. The film is, you know, it's just Michael Mann seeing what he can do with his budget, stretching it as far as possible. 
he's not really focusing on characters. I mean, to be honest, I, barely, I can barely understand what they were saying half the fucking time. And, you know, even in scenes where there's dialogue, the main focus of this is that there's like this fuck off thunder and lightning in the background that looks really cool over like the ocean. Um, whereas, you know, Heat, I think the focus is always on the plot. It's on the bank robbery. It's on giving you an intense journey, which Miami Vice doesn't do. It gives you kind of an experimental film. It gives you a very high budget experimental film, which might satisfy someone who's kind of more into filmmaking or wants to make films. But I think Heat is kind of your film that I could show my dad and he'd probably really enjoy. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, Gaurav, um, you kind of, does that perhaps convince you at all about the merits of at least what Miami Vice is trying to do, even if you don't agree with the execution? Well, well, pardon the pun, this podcast has got quite heated with regards to Miami Vice. (laughs) But no, I I do, you know, probably I got a bit overzealous, but I, I do agree that Miami Vice is definitely, it is really good at what it does which is, you know, that visual aesthetic style and going for that kind of these people are empty vibe, which, which it does do. And it is very experimental and it, it doesn't fill audience expectations. And in that regard, it's, at some levels, it is better than Heat in that regard. Heat is a very, as Jay said, traditional standard. You get what you want. You know, it does exactly what it says on the tin. There's no big surprises or big reveal or anything like that. It's, it's very traditional, but it just executes it really well. And I can see how someone like James would really like Miami Vice for its, you know, what it was trying to do in its more unconventional way. But I, I think just at its essence, um, it, just, it just personally didn't connect with me for those some of the reasons we discussed earlier. And as such, I really respect what it was trying to do, what it was trying to go for, how Michael Mann filmed it, like Jay said, like the, the thunder in the sky. I believe I read some, some behind the scenes, they filmed it quite dangerously, like there were thunderstorms going on and and Michael Mann would force everyone to go outside to like film it when there's lightning striking like nearby pylons and shit around them while they were filming. But yeah, no, I, I do respect what I was trying to go for. It just didn't personally resonate with the same way that Heat, heat would. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Arjun, what did you make of the way um, Mann's um, filmmaking seemed to have evolved or changed um, in the films? In that obviously the message seems to be constant, but the methods seem different. What did you make of that? Yeah, I just want to go back to what Gaurav was saying quickly. Like, if you go into it expecting, if you go into Miami Vice expecting a film similar to Heat, then you're going to walk away disappointed. If you go into it knowing that it was quite experimental and, you know, a decade after Heat, he's trying to do something different, then you might enjoy it if you watch it with a more open mind. In terms of his filmmaking, um, he seemed to rely less on set, on proper set pieces as he did with heat you know so in heat where you had the sort of the whole bank robbery and there was a really intense setup which was probably my favorite portion of the movie and then the climax in the in the shootout on the street that i really enjoyed that whereas with miami vice it it it, it just sort of relied on very um dialogue heavy but very dull sort of just conversations between characters that didn't really do anything i i just didn't there weren't really any exciting sort of action pieces apart from um, the opening scene on the boat well the second scene on the boat which was quite exciting but nothing really grabbed my attention and it sort of seemed like he was trying to emulate the action pieces of heat but just did it less did it less interestingly and not not as effectively yeah i mean um i think that's interesting um so you say that it became less effective. So do you think that a more conventional um, method of filmmaking would have better communicated the, the message? Because the message is remaining the same, but the, but the medium and, and the type of filmmaking is, is what changed. And, and, if you think, and, and if you think a more kind of conventional, conventional approach would improve the, the, the message or, or make it more convincing, why do you think that is? I think it would have, but I, he was definitely trying to make a different type of film to heat like what what's the point of making the same film so i respect what he's trying to yeah do. i mean what's martin, it? martin scorsese has entered the chat because <laughs> to be fair like if he if we change all these things and like i think miami vice we wouldn't be discussing it at this point because we'd just be going oh it literally just heats that's in miami and we'd be criticizing him for that i kind of rather him try and make something completely different even if it doesn't resonate with me I mean, to be fair, maybe in a couple of years' time, I'll think, oh, let's try Miami Vice again, because I'll think, you know, let's see if my opinion will change. Whereas he, I can't imagine, you know, 
watching it again for any other reason than just thinking, oh yeah, it's quite an enjoyable flick. I might give, I might just give it another watch. Um, so I feel like maybe there is something in my heavy bias where it will kind of keep annoying me until I try and see if I have any change of opinion. I can't imagine doing it because I've seen it twice now and I felt the same both times. But you know, there is. I think you know. I don't think it's you know a film that should be dismissed as just kind of being this average film because I think you know from, even from the amount of kind of different opinions it's uh, provoked, I think it's certainly not that. Hmm. I mean, um, so, so James, what, what did you, a similar question extended to you then, based on what Arjun said about the fact that the message became um, less well communicated as the, perhaps the cinematic methods became less conventional. What are your thoughts on that pattern that Arjun has identified and do you agree? I mean, yeah, it's, you know, obviously Michael Mann's made a career out of making this sort of movie. I mean, Jay's talking about Thief and it's the same sort of thing in Thief as well. Also, just on, on the on the slight, slight tangent about the TV series, the TV series was also made by Michael Mann. Um, and at least the first series, it's not like a tacky. It's completely the opposite of what you expect, actually. Um, it's quite, oh, right. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite it's quite somber. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think the message is no longer, if it was ever, um, complicated or challenging, you know, enough to warrant a straight, to need a straightforward explanation. Um, it's, I think it's more interesting that there is an attempt at trying a different method of uh, conveying things, whatever those things be, although those, you know, these things happen to be the same message that he's been saying in Heat and Thief. Um, I think that's more interesting than just, uh, you know, having a same kind yeah. of like, you know, there's like a, di- there's a diner scene in Thief, there's a diner scene in Heat, you know, we don't need another diner yeah. scene. The diner scenes are great. Though. Yeah, I I even feel like kind of having seen these films, like Thief is very, it's pretty much, it's very character driven. Heat kind of strikes a balance between, you know, there's some elements of characterization, but there's also more action. And it's kind of more about this idea that these people can't have these normal kind of home lives. And then Miami Vice takes this one step further where there's just literally no fucking characterization throughout the entire film and suddenly it's all completely style-focused. So there's definitely this kind of progression as he's developed as a filmmaker. He's gone from kind of a very conventional noir character piece all the way through to something like Miami Vice, which is completely out there. I mean, just to, just to hop on to Jay's point he was talking about earlier that you wouldn't really re-watch Heat again other than, you know, it's a really good film, whereas Miami Vice you could see warranting future rewatches and your opinion changing. I would direct everyone to just look at this podcast and, and look how much we've spoken about the good and bad in Miami Vice versus how much we've actually talked about heat, which is Yeah, I guess I guess that's a strong I guess that's a strong point. Maybe that's just because we all love heat. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah, we do all love heat, but you could say there's there's not really not all that much to talk about in heat. Or you could say maybe Michael Mann really did achieve that experimental thing he was going for in Miami Vice, giving how much there actually is talk about and how much division it causes. Gaurav, are you going? Are you going down the line of um, controversial films are better than no, consensus no, 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 good no. films? I'm not going that far. I'm just trying to talk about. It was kind of it's similar to when we talked about Inherent Vice and The Big Lebowski when we ended up. Yeah, we ended up talking about, about Inherent Vice because at the end of the day, you watch The Big Lebowski. It's a really good film. No, no one can deny that. But there's just you don't, you don't have that much to talk about versus something like Inherent Vice. I think that is that holds true when you talk about Heat and Miami Vice as well. I know. I think I think that's actually a really interesting perspective. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of touch on was the kind of casting of both films. So they're actually quite contrasting. So you have someone like you have two kind of legends in Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in one film, and you have someone like Jamie Fox who does like a lot of um, film and non-film stuff, and you know perhaps less well-known actors in general in in um in in um, Miami Vice do you think that was a conscious decision and and if so kind of what impact do you think it has um Jay just because often um someone like Al Pacino who is synonymous, synonymous with one or two very famous roles can sometimes struggle to struggle to forge a new a new role in a film um well I don't know like Al Pacino is someone who I've always been very critical of I've always said outside of the Godfather the guy can't act um the term I said to James is that he's basically Adam he's like an acclaimed version of Adam Sarner you know he has this very over-the-top style of acting to an extent I almost find that the fact that he annoys me worked in heat because it kind of made me just dislike his character 
Um, but I think actually, to be fair to him, he got kind of a lot better and he calmed down around the halfway point of the film. I don't know. I found I don't know. Is there anything really that exciting about the casting? I thought like Keats is one of those films where you know you get a bunch of twelve year olds go, oh my god, there's the two film where the, there's this film where the two best actors ever are in the same film. I mean, obviously now they'll say that probably about the Irishman, but I don't know. I found the casting kind of almost indifferent. I don't really think I would have cared if different actors were in Heat or if different actors were in Miami Vice if they'd played the roles well. I mean, I think that's yeah, but I mean. Do you think that um, the kind of iconic nature of the actors in Heat might might have made the film's kind of more conventional um, characterization perhaps that more potent? And Miami Vice suffers because it lacks perhaps those characters and actors that, that the audience initially can relate to in the same way. No, because I think Colin Farrell, especially in recent years, has been in a lot of great films. He's been in yeah. you know, Killing of the Sacred Deer, he's been in The Lobster, which people like. So I don't know, I think it's just... I think it's something that's just it's through with the film rather than through with the actors. It's just because those actors were young and they were cool, you know. That's why yeah. I used them. Um, yeah, they just happened to be huge at the same time. And also, I mean, Jamie Foxx was huge. Yeah, well, did Jamie wasn't Jamie Foxx like one year after this was like one year after he won the Best Actor for Ray? Yeah, it was. Like, so he was yeah. huge. Yeah, like, big yeah. property at the time. So you know. Sorry, sorry, Jamie. Yeah, Colin Farrell obviously less iconic, but I mean Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. I mean, to be honest, if I'm not being funny, if someone said to me hi, we're going to make a film, you're going to have Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. I'm hardly going to say no, because I know it's going to bring loads of asses into theatre. I'm going to make a shit ton of money out of it. Yeah, I mean, James, what are your thoughts on um, the kind of contrast there in terms of um, the, the, the casting choices? So you say that it was just, it just, they just, he just happened to choose in Miami Vice yeah. fun young just, actors. No, but he's always just gone for people that were cool. You know, he made Thief, James Caan, he's cool. They made, you know, you made Heat, and it's like Robert De Niro's really cool in that movie. You know, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer is like the pinnacle of cool in that movie. You know what I mean? He just, yeah. 2006, he's like, who's cool? They're like, yeah, let's get Jamie Foxx. Colin Farrell, look, it's Colin Farrell. He's pretty, come on. You're going to make mock me, but he's cool. So, okay. and then they have, um, they're just, you know, he's just going for who's like young and, young and, uh, hip i guess and also who can play who looks a bit like the characters from the original movie uh, the tv series or who can play those characters um because obviously he's you know it is the, the characters have the same names as the people from the tv series although obviously the film is set in 2006 and not in the 80s yeah, yeah but Connor's house was 80s hairstyle, which is yeah he's got the haircut <laughs> he's got the haircut um so i guess to kind of finish up then of that quite li- lively discussion um James, what did you take overall from the kind of development of man's filmmaking and kind of an overall point about um, did you, do you have an overall point about conventional filmmaking versus unconventional filmmaking when, when kind of the message stays constant? Uh, not really. I just love Michael Mann, <laughs> except for his except for his 2015 movie Black Hat, which is shit. <laughs> that, okay. it, and the reason why it's shit is just because it's if, if anyone's wondering, it's just because it's a really conventional film, like it was just really conventional. Um, yeah yeah it's just like a super super average like it's like literally you wouldn't you know it could be directed by the same person as fast and furious you wouldn't know right okay now that's that's disappointing um gorab then what just last question to you um would be um why do you think someone would perhaps enjoy heat more than miami vice and that jay touched on this in that you know um, it appeals more to kind of conventional ideas but um James has, has, you know, spoken quite well about how the kind of visuals of Miami Vice are um, a way of characterising the characters. Um, why do you think that's less effective than, than perhaps ordinary methods? I Actually, I wouldn't call it less effective. I wouldn't necessarily call it less effective at all. It's very effective. I just don't think it was used as well as Michael Mann hoped he would have been able to achieve in, in, in Miami Vice. Like... Um, like Jay said, when you're talking about Spring Breakers, it's not a film I've seen, and I can't think of any others that come to mind, but that uses the same idea of style to characterise the film and the and the characters. And, and Michael Mann, he's doing the same thing in Miami Vice. He just didn't happen. He just didn't get it exactly right. You know I mean? He's, he's a pretty experimental guy. When he, when he switched from film to digital, he got pretty experimental in what he's trying to do and how he's trying to film. I, I think, for example, if you look at Collateral, Collateral, the film that came right before this, which is when he, he made his big switch to digital. I think in that film, it's a lot more subdued than compared to Miami Vice, but it's got the same kind of characterization style where the way it's filmed, the way this kind of washed out digital 
grainyish palette of, of LA City. It really does help characterize what's happening in the film and the motives of the film. It's it's the most successful film. It's not like super good, but it's just interesting idea that I wouldn't call what you're trying to do in Miami Vice less successful. It just didn't personally work for for the reasons we discussed earlier. No, fair enough. Arjun, what did you take from them then overall? Just final words, just because um, obviously you didn't initially like Miami Vice, you didn't really understand the point of it. Has has this kind of pod convinced you, have changed your mind in that you now you understand more perhaps about um, the message it was trying to convey and and maybe reasons for some of the some of the film devices chosen by man? I mean, I guess so, yeah. But I'm still not going to end up re-watching it anytime soon. I have my opinions of the film and I don't think they'll change even if I do watch them again with the, with the uh, do watch it again with the, with the mind that it's experimental but it was it was what it was um heat was far better um in my opinion at least and yeah but jay, i appreciate i appreciated my advice what it was i guess fair enough and then um yeah jay final final words to you then before we finish overall do you have anything else you wanted to say just about um heat or, or miami vice no not really i think i think Miami Vice is a film that I think is going to annoy me for years. I I don't think I'm ever going to get it, but I think it's an all right film. You can kind of tell I'm kind of, I don't hate it. Um, Heat, I think, is a great film. I think it's really enjoyable. Um, Thief is probably my favourite. It brought me, both brought me to watch Thief, which is Michael Mann's debut film, which I think is better than both of them. Um, I'd highly recommend watching it. And that's actually pretty much how I want to end it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then the last question is then, guys, what are you kind of watching this week then coming up? James, are you watching anything interesting? Uh, well, whatever our podcast is is on next week, I'll be watching. I don't have any internet at the moment because I'm moving house, so I can't. I can't really watch anything. Oh, that's quite okay. That's quite peak. Um, Gaurav, have you got any any films on your any films on your watch list that you're planning to get onto this week? Well, I'm probably going to watch Thief actually after that glowing recommendation from Jay about it. I'll, I'll check it out, see 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 what that's like, and I'll probably um watch a few more Michael Mann films. I got to watch The Insider as well and see how that is. Fair enough. Arjun, anything on your watch list? Um, I think I'm going to watch Blade Runner. I haven't actually watched it, which is quite bad. So I'm going to watch that. And okay. I might watch Steve as well, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Jay, what about you? Anything eclectic on your watch list? Um, I want to watch House, which is a Japanese film from 1977. Uh, literally because it popped up on movie yesterday and it's been on my watch list for ages. But no, I will probably just watch whatever I kind of come across. Fair enough. Um, yeah, well, um, I think that was a very interesting and quite lively discussion, perhaps with some of the more um, heated discussions that we've had on the podcast, pun unintended. Um, I do Second think overall, time. yeah, I do think overall, I do think overall that we should um, perhaps choose films that are this controversial. I think it is quite entertaining. Uh, but I'd like to thank the guys for their time. And yeah, I'll see you next time on the film episode from the symposium. Thanks. <laughs>